and welcome to the Wake and Take podcast. Vikings get a victory in Lambeau Field. We're going to talk about all of that and obviously the A topic, Kirk Cousins, Brady Hallmeyer with you, Brady Galbraith calling in. No Andy Kaboker this week. He is uh, in depression mode with the state of the Packers. I think uh, Iowa, well, Iowa was on bye this week, so they didn't lose, but they didn't get a win either for Andy's squad. No Zach Briel, he's got his hands full this week, so we won't hear from him, unfortunately. But you got BG and I for uh, probably a fairly quick pod, but BG, plenty to get to. I was at the game with Andy, whose uh, family is season ticket holders. His dad didn't want to go, and I think that was the case for, or maybe he was out of town or something, but it seemed like that was the case for a lot of the Packers season ticket holders because uh, it was my first time at Lambeau BG, but there were a ton of Vikings fans there, and I don't know if it looked that way on TV, but it, it felt like, I don't know, every fourth or fifth person was a Vikings fan. Did it look uh, like a lot of purple in Lambeau on Sunday? Um, you honestly couldn't tell. I mean, obviously when like Jordan Addison did the Lambo leap, you could see a few Vikings fans that he was nearby and you could see some purple in the crowd, but I really didn't get that sense just from watching the, the game on the TV. Gotcha. Well, uh, despite the win and, and we're going to get to the Kirk stuff, um, obviously a very bittersweet victory for the Vikings with missing Kirk now for the rest of the season with the injury. But, um, as far as the atmosphere in the stadium, it, it felt like, uh, it felt like the Packers have already kind of turned on uh, on Jordan Love. It felt like the Packers have already kind of turned on this whole season. Um, obviously, now they're two and five, and really nothing's looked good for them for the last four or five weeks. And I don't know if it ever did, um, even at the start of the season. Before the season, Andy was very high on this on this Packers team, on Jordan Love, and on everybody uh, and the organization. He was talking about how not having an owner is the biggest asset for the Packers, which remains to be seen. Um, but anyway, the, the Packer crowd seemed very docile. There wasn't a lot of standing up. Even early in the game, uh, they didn't get a first down, I think, for, I don't know, until about the seven-minute mark of the, of the second quarter. At least that's what it felt like. I know they didn't get a first down in the first quarter because um, Paul, one of the guys we were there with who had a few beverages, was making everybody aware that they did not have a first down in the first quarter, and, and all the Packer fans around us were not super pleased to hear all that information. Uh, but it, but regardless, it seemed like a kind of a docile crowd. We didn't stand up at all, uh, not even you know big third downs in, in the earliest parts of that game. Nobody was standing up around us. There were other people in the stadium standing up, um, but there was a big sarcastic cheer in Lambeau when they did get that first down. Uh, for the Packers, about midway through uh, the second quarter, there was a pretty big ovation. That might have been one of the biggest ovations of the day, maybe besides the touchdown they scored, um, which I think was third quarter sometime. Um, but uh, despite the Kirk news, it was a pretty dominating win for the Vikings. Uh, obviously, a little issue when Jaron Hall came in, gave up the fumble in the red zone, uh, or gave up a fumble that set the Packers up in the red zone, something you can't really do. Um, in that situation, but uh, regardless, we'll talk about the play calling as well. Regardless, Jaron Hall comes in and finishes out the game for us, gets the victory for the Vikings, and we move to four and four, firmly alive in the playoff race, in the NFC North race as well, I would say. Um, but now let's talk about Kirk Cousins, BG. Devastating news. Kirk tears his Achilles. He will miss the rest of the season. Obviously, he's not signed to a deal for next year. He goes on, he will be a free agent if the Vikings don't uh, sign him uh, in the next few months, which I don't see that happening, uh, at least until the offseason. But your thoughts on the injury uh, and what possibly could could transpire from here on out? 
Yeah, obviously it's just a huge, unfortunate event, uh, non-contact injury, which commonly are the worst and was definitely the case for Kirk this past Sunday. Yeah, it's just a huge bummer. Um, I really feel bad for Kirk and the Vikings as a team. Um, with Kirk's contract year coming up, it's just not good for him. Tearing his Achilles, one of the toughest injuries in sports to come back from. Um, I guess being optimistic, he's not a mobile quarterback, so it would be a lot different, say, if Lamar Jackson was our quarterback and tore his Achilles and he had to come back. Um, Kirk probably known as one of the least mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. So I'm hoping that, you know, whether it is with the Vikings, whether it's the 49ers or some other team that he comes back strong and is able to, to do what he was producing this year, which was really one of the top quarterbacks in the entire NFL. So, um, it was just an absolute bummer on so many levels. The Vikes obviously get back to four and four and we are in that easy part of the schedule really for the rest of the year. Um, big multi-possession uh, win in Green Bay, winning by 14 in that 49ers. Huge win the week before. Things are looking back on track, getting J.J. back in a couple of weeks. And then Kirk snaps his Achilles, and we're looking at a Jaron Hall maybe for the rest of the season um, or bringing somebody in. But either way, just totally shifts the, the plan and the strategy for the rest of the season. And what we're going to do with Kirk is up in air. And even what's going to happen with Justin Jefferson, I think, is a little bit up in air now that we don't know who's not only going to be the quarterback for this year, just what our future is looking like as a Minnesota Viking um, organization. Yep, certainly some good points brought up there. Yeah, I am from the JJ perspective, my thought all along, and I don't know if this is supported by actual insiders in, in the NFL or insiders in the Vikings organization. But my thought all along has been, if you don't extend cousins, if you don't sign him again or bring somebody else who's really good or has got promised to be really good, I don't think JJ is going to sign here. Um, I, I don't think that Justin Jefferson in the prime of his career uh, is going to want to resign with a team that's starting over. That's bringing in a rookie quarterback, whether that be, I mean, at this point, they're not going to get the first round, the, the first overall pick, uh, or probably trade up for it. But whether that be anybody but Bryce Williams, I don't think there's any way uh, that that JJ agrees and signs a big deal with the Vikings to stay here and work through a couple of years of probably pretty bad football with a rookie quarterback and a sophomore quarterback until you know, I don't know, year three or year four of that quarterback. There's no way JJ's going to waste, you know, maybe the next four or five best football years of, of his life uh, on a rookie quarterback. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he just loves Minnesota. Maybe he loves the Vikings. He wants to stay here. But I just don't see that being the case. I think that the only way to keep J.J. is to re-sign Kirk. And on a kind of a twisted note here, maybe this is the best thing for the Vikings to happen for the best thing to happen to the Vikings in terms of a contract uh, number for Kirk Cousins. His, his, uh, his, I guess his valuation in, in the free agency market certainly dropped um, by quite a bit due to the injury, not by any fault of his own, but when you're 35 years old and you tear an Achilles, same thing happened to Rodgers. Uh, when you're 35 years old and you tear an Achilles, your value isn't the same as a 35-year-old or a 36-year-old next season uh, that doesn't have a torn Achilles. There's not coming off uh, a torn Achilles. So in kind of a twisted kind of a twisted way, BG, it might be it ended up being an okay thing for the Vikings, at least from a contract perspective. Obviously, this season it's not going to do us any benefits. Um, but for a team that's still kind of in the rebuild mode, to maybe get Kirk on a, on a $30 million 
a year deal for let's say the next three years or something, two to three years, instead of forty or forty-five million. Let's say Kirk finishes out this season on the projection he's on to have the best season of his career, probably finish in the top three of touchdowns, top three passer rating, top three in yards. Like before this week, and he was having a good a good game. I think he threw for what two ninety something like that. Let's see, I got it right here, uh, two seventy four, twenty one of thirty three, two touchdowns. His QBR was 91. Before all that, before um, the game against the Packers, he was third in passing yards, first in touchdowns, and third in QB rating um, through the first uh, seven games for the Vikings. So let's say he finishes on similar numbers. Let's say maybe he's third in touchdowns instead of first, which he was entering this week. So he's third in touchdowns, fifth in passing yards, and fifth in, in QB rating. He's going to get probably 35 to 40, maybe 45 million if you're going to somebody like the Jets. I know he's probably not going to go there, but if you're going on a short term, let's win a Super Bowl type team, he's going to get a ton of money. Now, coming off the Achilles injury, maybe you save a little bit, and maybe that helps the Vikings re sign JJ, and maybe that helps the Vikings uh, shore up the offensive line on the interior part. But. They got it all right now uh, in terms of everything besides the quarterback. At least that's what it's felt the last three weeks on this three-game win streak. Um, starting out the season 0-3 and, and now getting back to 4-4 four and four with what I saw today on ESPN. Is we have the seventh easiest schedule, um, according to ESPN, for the last uh, ten games. Or the last nine games, I should say, uh, including a bye week in there at some point. But... What are you going to do? Are you going to give up uh, another couple of mid-round draft picks, like a three, a five, maybe even a two, and and try to bring in somebody like a Ryan Tannehill? Or uh, um, I was talking to Georgie today. He wants us to go get Jameis Winston. I haven't seen that name thrown out there by anybody but uh, but Georgie. But I, I wouldn't hate a Jameis Winston. Andy Dalton's name's been mixed in there. Colt McCoy, uh, even Case Keenum. He's down in Houston, I believe. He's playing for the Texans. Um, Nick Foles. Uh, Carson Wentz. I don't even know if he's on a con. Who's Carson Wentz with right now, BG? He's a free agent, I believe. I don't think he's on a team. Yeah, so even he could be a possibility. So I guess the free agents I would be more inclined to, but trading for somebody or giving up some draft capital I would not not be okay with. Now, let's talk a little bit about Jaron Hall. Interesting cat, 25 years old, went to BYU. I believe he did a couple of years mission trip. That's why he's such such an advanced rookie. That's why he's so old for a rookie. There's not a lot of 25-year-old rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. But uh, coming out of BYU, it's a little more common. Pretty decent in college. I looked up some of his numbers. He was, let's see, 10-3 as a junior, 8-5 as a senior. Um, number one uh, all-time at BYU for interception avoidance he threw 52 touchdowns and 11 interceptions I don't know how they find that stat of number one interception avoidance but maybe it's based on that ratio uh he, he ran a 4 6 40 in the combine so he's got some got some wheels um for a quarterback and he's listed as a dual threat we didn't see a lot of the dual threat uh side of things in his limited play in the fourth quarter but he did complete three or four passes he picked up a couple of first downs or at least one I know he threw one over the middle of TJ Hawkinson to pick up a first down help the Vikings kind of ice out the game or at least burn a little more of that clock um interesting guy though and I don't hate uh I, I don't hate rolling with Jaron Hall next week BG seeing what happens who knows maybe we find our next Brock Purdy probably not um but any thoughts on Jaron Hall yeah I you know i I feel like I've got a similar just idea of this whole like free agency or trading or playing Jaron Hall based on what you're just saying. I'd yeah, I'd rather 
you know, if we're going to sign a free agent or trade, I'd rather sign a free agent. I don't want to, you know, give up anybody or draft picks to, to bring a quarterback in. And honestly, I think I'm leaning towards just playing Jaron Hall the rest of the season instead of signing a free agent. I mean, there's no quarterback out there that's going to make us how we were work with Kirk Cousins that's on the market. And I hope to God we don't trade for Kyler or somebody like that, um, which I don't think we will. But my point being is that if we do bring somebody in, whether it's free agency or a trade, you know, at the best, maybe we make the playoffs still this year with, what is it, nine games to go. We, we make the playoffs. Um, but then we're most likely going to get bounced probably the first round and the very best second round. But it doesn't matter if you, if you don't make it to that ultimate game. So what, we're, what we would be doing is just giving up assets and uh, worsening our draft pick for this coming year. Uh, a draft class that has some great quarterback talent. So I think if I were the GM, if I was KOC, I would want Jaron Hall to start the rest of the year. We haven't seen a lot of him on tape, but he's a rookie. What a great time to develop a rookie. And hey, if we lose all our games from here on out, that's not a bad thing um, because I'm not totally against drafting a quarterback. It probably won't be Caleb Williams. But there's Drake May, there's McCarthy, there's even Bo Nix. There's a hand. This is a good quarterback draft, and I'm willing to take a risk, especially if we don't want to sign Kirk again and start to rebuild as a younger team because we've got some younger cornerstones, uh, especially on the offensive side now um, with Jordan Addison playing really well. Uh, if we could get a, a rookie quarterback, have TJ Hawkinson, Jefferson, and Addison to throw to, um, that would be very appealing. I know Caleb Williams has already said he wants to play for the Vikings, one of the teams that he would be willing to go to if he got drafted by. So I think it is pretty complicated. We'd have to get Jefferson's blessing for sure. A lot of other what-ifs would need to happen for it to make sense. But I'm not against us. Um, I'm really not against us re-signing Kirk or drafting a quarterback. I could see it happening a couple different ways, but I think we truly just need to uh, see where we're going to land at at the end of the season if we're drafting 25th overall compared to you know 7th overall. I think we'd do different things. And I want to just quick hit on something you mentioned earlier, Brock Purdy. I'm, I was kind of thinking about that today. You know, we're not the same team as the 49ers, but we are kind of similar right now or position-wise, everything is just clicking for us. With the offensive line maybe being the best offensive line in the league or at least one of them, um, just talent on the outside, even without J.J. playing, we have a really phenomenal uh, wide receiver and tight end group, and our defense is playing some pretty dang good defense right now. So, it's got to be one of the most appealing um, organizations to come in as a quarterback who hasn't been playing much because you're going to get bailed out and helped a lot just because of how good this roster is. Where I think um, Hall was drafted maybe the third or fourth round. Brock Purdy, obviously the last in the draft. Um, don't think he'll really duplicate what Brock has done thus far, but it goes to show that you know even some QBs taken late uh, in late rounds can put it together if they have a good surrounding cast and a good surrounding defense. And I think that's what the Vikings have to offer. So, I mean, who knows? Jaron Hall could go 11 for 40 next week and throw three picks, and I'd probably be changing what I'm saying. But I just think it's worth it to give him a try, let the rookie play, let him develop, and then we can reevaluate, reevaluate later this season. Yeah, let's see. He says, or it says here, pick 164 for Jaron Hall, I believe, maybe early fifth round. Um, but okay. I, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I think anything re-signing Kirk is my, would be my favorite thing for the Vikings to do this off season or, or 
heading into the offseason. It kind of feels like the offseason already now that we lost our quarterback. Um, but that would be my number one thing on the bucket list. If they don't do that, then yes, going to get a, going to get a quarterback in the draft. Don't, don't try to bring anybody in. Um, that's going to cost you a bunch. I'm okay taking a flyer on somebody, but trading for like I've seen Trey Lance's name thrown out there or Kyler Murray's name thrown out there, that would just be a nightmare situation. That feels like something the Vikings would do with Rick Spielman. Uh, it felt like we did that a bunch um, in, in like the 2013 to 2016, 2017 years when we were just bringing in new quarterbacks. Like Josh Freeman comes to mind when they brought him in, and, and he had that pitiful pitiful performance uh, on Monday night in, in uh, I think it was New York against the Giants. Just uh, – disgusting and I hope they don't do something like that and maybe that would be uh, what would happen if we brought Jameis Winston in um, so I'm okay with Jaron Hall I, I'd like to see him get a start in the post-game press conference they asked KOC about play calling and when we had the ball I think it was right around six minute mark of that fourth quarter Jaron Hall takes the strip sack and a lot of the media and I guess a lot of fans are probably wondering why are we throwing the ball there. And I don't know if I necessarily believe KOC's answer, but he said he wanted to um, see what Hall was made of. He said they wanted to just see him throw the football and see what he could do in that situation. You're coming in cold off the bench, and it was pretty cold in that stadium. It was right around 40 degrees, and you're standing there for three and a half quarters. That's right around two and a half hours or so maybe two hours plus all the warm-ups and stuff which he was moving around but then you're standing there for for two hours on the sideline you get to run in for halftime and probably do a little warm-up but I don't think there was any chance he was ready to go with seven minutes or six minutes to go in the fourth quarter when Kirk went down um, so to come in cold and, and take the strip sack and, and then come back in next drive and complete a couple of passes I think that's promising but I would like to see him with a full week of practice now Kirk Kirk was good last year. He had one of his best years in the NFL, but he's been on a different level this season. I think the understanding of the offense really helped that, and it's what appears to be from the outside a very complicated and complex offense that you can't just come in and figure out in a week. And some of the route combinations and the motions and the, the stuff with J.J. and Jordan Addison and now T.J. Hawkinson, Obviously, no JJ right now, but a lot of that play calling and the motioning and the audibleing is very complicated. And Kirk seems to have mastered it now, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't a super quick process for Kirk, who's a top ten quarterback and arguably right now a top seven quarterback in the NFL before he got hurt. Just the way he's playing um, this season, so so to bring somebody in, what's going to take another two to three weeks for them to learn the playbook? Maybe they're going to start next week, but it's not going to look good, and then all of a sudden we're in week 11 or week 10, and we're right around 500, and sure, we can make the playoffs, but what are we really going to do with that? We're just hurting our draft position, like you said. Um, but I'd like to see Jaron Hall, see what he can do, uh, and you never know what could happen with him. I think it's it's fun, and probably a lot of Vikings fans yesterday, at least the ones that were in the in Lambo and had a six-and-a-half-hour car car ride home due to some unfortunate construction on the only interstate heading out of that out of that way but it was a long long ride home a lot of time to think about um, different possibilities for the Vikings at quarterback and it certainly crossed my mind a few times being like whoa maybe he's the next Brock Purdy you never know you never know um, but everything does seem to be coming into form. BG the defense has, has played awesome the last few weeks giving up just 10 points to the Packers they played great 
against the 49ers as well. Four sacks on the day, two for DJ Wanham. He's really having himself quite the season. I think he's he's got to be getting close to a, a contract here. Here, I think he was taken in, I want to say this is year three for him, so he's got to be, he's probably going to be a free agent next year. Uh, he's going to get paid. Daniil Hunter, did he have a sack? He did. Uh, one full sack for Daniil Hunter, a half sack for Bynum, and a half sack for Harrison Phillips. I thought Harrison Phillips was awesome on the run stuffing as well. Uh, but the defense as a whole is just really rounding into form. I, I love seeing a Caleb Evans out there. I just He gets penalties every once in a while when he plays so physical, and I love his physicality. And if you can just keep him healthy, I think um, – I think we got a chance to do something special with the defense. Unfortunately, now for us with our quarterback leaving and, and the way the defense is playing the last few weeks, I think this is probably going to be the only year we have B-Flow. I think Flores is probably going to get a lot of serious looks for a head coaching job next season. And I think I would be, I, I guess not shocked, but I'd be surprised if he was our head coach next season. Uh, or excuse me, our, our defensive coordinator next season and not a head coach somewhere else, which is disappointing, BG. But uh, what can you do there? Your thoughts on any of that or B-Flow leaving? Yeah, I think you bring up a good point just with, you know, it got me thinking, talking about like KOC's offense, how complex it is and really how it's been looking this year, uh, the second year with Kirk Cousins. Um, And I'm thinking now beyond this season, if we do draft quarterback, if we do go somewhere else other than Kirk, I mean, we're going to have to restart that process over where it's not like, okay, first six weeks we're operating fully. I think it takes a while. Um, to get things up and running and the playbook wide open and have that trust between a, a quarterback and the head coach um, who used to be a quarterback in the NFL. And we know with KOC, he gets really connected to that quarterback. And him and Kirk, they seem to have a great connection. So just hearing that, you know, almost makes me want to bring Kirk Cousins back a little bit more. Um, Kirk has been in Minnesota for I don't know how many years now, maybe five or so years. Um and we've had a lot of different different offensive coordinators coming and going. It would be nice, um, just if you can think of some great teams throughout the years who have had some great runs. They've had the same quarterback um, and the same coach, which is most likely the same offense, um, getting called out on the field. So it would be nice. Um, it's just an advantage of bringing Kirk back because he knows the offense so well. Like you said, he's been playing so well this year and has been looking really comfortable. Um, so. It'd just be another thing to keep in mind, another aspect. If we do bring in somebody new, whether it's this year or we draft somebody next year, you know, there's going to be a regression, which is natural. And, yeah, I agree with what you're saying about B-Flow. He's been great. Um, he's probably not going to be the D.C. next year, probably get a head coaching job. He deserve it, deserves it. There's definitely some head coaches right now that probably shouldn't be a head coach, and he's only a defensive coordinator. So, unfortunately, I do agree. It seems to be a problem for Minnesota. Um, whether it's an OC or a DC, but they just really perform pretty damn well, and then they're out the next season. So I don't know what would what it would be like for an assistant coach that we have on the defensive side just to take pretty much everything you got from B-Flow um, and have that going forward for the Vikings defense and maybe promote them to the defensive coordinator if he leaves because I think his defensive just mindset is completely different from just about everybody in the league. And it's really working out well so far this year. So we'll see, I guess one, if that would be possible or if we're going to bring somebody else in, but a lot to worry about at a different date right now. I'm hoping that, you know, Jaron Hall just performs. I'm not even really looking to get a, a win in Atlanta. I feel like it is a winnable game, but 
I guess still kind of in shell shock after the Kirk and just trying to figure out what that, that right direction would be. Yeah, likewise. Have you seen a line from – I can see if I can find it here. It was plus five earlier today. We were uh, plus the five? The five-point favorites. What? That's crazy. <laughs> okay, well, I guess you know where I stand on that game. Um, <laughs> yeah, certainly interesting. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping that we just stick with Hall. And, and we didn't talk about Nick Mullins at all. Maybe you mentioned him. He will be back um, after, week, after next week. I guess he's eligible to come back after week nine. So he could play week 10 against Broncos. I can't remember who we play. Saints, maybe? Saints or Broncos. Um, but... Next four games, very winnable, at least in a normal Vikings season, or with Kirk Cousins, I guess you should say. I should say uh, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears. I mean, that's two, maybe three or four of the worst teams in the league. Um, the next four games, it doesn't have a line on us for next Sunday noon, though. But we got two noon games in a row, and then I believe Sunday night football and Monday night football, Sunday against the Broncos, Monday against the Bears um, at home. But four Which very I'm guessing will be flexed. <laughs> against the Bears. Uh, either the Broncos or the Bears, which one of those are national games like at night, just with Jaron Hall or whoever we put out there versus the Broncos and Bears. I'd have to think they'd change that. They definitely could. Um, They definitely could change that. We'll see um, if they actually do. I don't know how far out. I guess we're still three weeks out from... Yeah, I forget first, what the rule is. But it, you're right. They they definitely have the possibility that that could be flexed out. I wouldn't hate that either. We're not good in prime time, uh, as we know. Um, but better than our record, better than Kirk's record says, at least he's, he plays a little better than that. Uh, but yeah, Jordan Addison, big day for the Vikes. Obviously Kirk was just phenomenal feeding him early and, and that, that touchdown in the third quarter to to Addison was an unreal throw. Um, all right. Well, I said we were going to record during halftime. The game has started back up, but I want to get a little bit of T wolves talkers and BG. I know you've been watching, um, what we're one and two now. We just lost to Atlanta tonight. Um, let's see, 127-113, the Wolves lost, and I didn't watch a second of the game, um, BG. I'm not sure if you caught any action tonight or not, but it yeah. looks like we had like a 17-point halftime lead, and then we gave up 60, 69 points in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, so l- lucky you for not watching the game. I watched the whole game. Um, we had a 21-point lead in the third quarter, and I forget what the final score was, but we lost. 17 was it or 14 14 14 yeah something like that so i mean i don't i don't know what to say we had 79 points in the first half looking extremely good and then just stopped passing the ball started playing one-on-one basketball and some of our shots just didn't end up going in that were good shots too so a combination of that and no defense at all uh led to a like a 40 point swing there a 35 point swing from the uh, the third quarter to the end of the game. So very annoying. Um, I mean, it, it really is telling of the Timberwolves what we can do on both sides. So, I mean, we can be up 20 points on the road against Atlanta, who's probably going to be a fringe playoff team in the East, and we can lose by 14 when we're up 21. So disappointing. Um, you know, I guess thankfully it's not like football where every game matters. Every game does not matter in the NBA. Every game does not matter in the MLB. We're one and two. We've got 79 to go. Um, I will say, if you're a better and you're listening, if you're into gambling, one of the easiest bets that I have found out to be is whenever the Timberwolves have a double-digit lead or greater at halftime, just take the live spread of the opponent they're playing. The Hawks were plus 15 and a half today, and I 
bed as quickly as I could before that changed. And about four minutes in the third quarter, it was pretty much secured. So um, definitely some, some good and bads that came out of the game tonight. But, you know, the Timberwolves just got to figure out. We got the talent there. Uh, just need the discipline, need the coaching, and need some veteran leadership from our guys. Has there been any more chemistry uh, between Cat and Gobert? Or are they still – I? Again, I haven't watched since the playoffs last year. Are they still kind of running them on two different lines? Is there any sort of camaraderie between them? Because I was hoping that Cat missed 52 games last year. He, he only played 30 regular season games, and of those, I think Rudy missed half of them, something like that. They only played like 15, 20 games together before the playoffs. They were kind of running them on different lines. Have you seen any more uh, togetherness between yeah, these it's, two? It's, it's tough to say. I didn't watch the Miami Heat game where we beat the Heat by 16. Mm-hmm. So I've only seen two games. They are running them together, at least to start the game. And then they're just rotating Nas Reed. And sometimes Nas will take Cat out. And sometimes Nas will take um, Rudy Gobert out. They just have to get Nas on the court because he's so dang good. Yeah. Um, I've, like I said, it's only been two games, but I've seen both sides already. Some passes between like an oop from Towns to Gobert or a nice bounce pass backdoor to one or the other. Uh, which has been really nice to see. And then in the first game of the year with, I don't know, maybe a minute or two to go down four, Towns just drilled it off Gobert's knee for an entrance pass. Or it was actually the other way around. Gobert drills off Towns' knee. It's like one of, one of the many what-are-you-doing moments yeah. between those guys. So it's still yet to be seen. It's not fluid. Uh, maybe that will change. Maybe it won't. But I will say Nas Reed just continues to really outperform both of them. I think Gobert has had a pretty good start to the season. He's probably around 14 and 14 in the game, pretty efficient so far, which is great. And Towns is doing all right. Nothing great, nothing bad. But, I mean, Rudy off the bench had 25 last game. Tonight he did all right, too. He's just an energy guy out there. He's electric on offense. He plays great D. And he we're so lucky to have him. And the Timberwolves have some great depth off the bench and we're really just an all around talented team. So I, I hope to God we don't waste this talent and we do something with it this season. Yeah. And a good test coming up Denver at home on Wednesday. Um, will be interesting to see Jaden McDaniels. He's been back in the lineup as well. BG, have you seen anything out of him looking like he did last year? And he, uh, what's he, yeah. broke his wrist. Has that affected his game at all? Yeah, he broke his wrist, and then he was sitting out because he had something with his calf going up, oh, going right. on. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, tonight was his first game of the season. He started off really hot, making his first four shots, looking really good offensively. Kind of quieted down in the second half. Uh, um, but uh, defensively, it's great to have him out there. I mean, he's six foot – I think he's six foot ten now because he's growing, and he's about the same size as Cat, so I think he's a little bit taller than 6'10", and he's guarding Trey Young. Like it's just incredible yeah, what he can do out there, and he is just an absolute stud for the for the T Wolves. He's one of the guys where he doesn't need to get a shot up. He doesn't need to go one on one. He'll drive. He'll dish. He'll shoot if it's open. But no matter what, he's going to play defense at the other end. So it's great to see him back. He's rocking an afro now, which is pretty oh. puffy and pretty cool to look at. Um, but excited to have Jaden McDaniels back for sure. Nice. I'm gonna have to check out the afro. I had no idea. I might not even recognize him with the afro. Um, but that's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm, I, my thought is, and obviously I'm a, got some distance from the Timberwolves organization, but my thought is that, uh, eventually Carl and, and Gobert are going to start finding some chemistry. There, there just has to be some chemistry. And if you get to the 30 or 40 game mark, I'm not sure when the exactly when the trade deadline is in the NBA, but if you get to that point and there's just no chemistry between them, I think you've got to move cat. 
Gobert were kind of stuck with, but you could still get some value for Cat yep. and just try to build around build around McDaniels, build around um, Anthony Edwards, and maybe try to get a new point guard in there. Um, what's our guy's name? Williams, uh, older dude. He's like forty. Blanking on his name right now. Uh, Mike Conley. Conley. Thank you. I was thinking of Jamal Williams. I guess yep. Mike Conley. Is he still our starting point guard? Still our starting point guard. Um, hasn't had a great start to the year. Okay. And then we've got our backup point guard. Off-season acquisition, one of few. Uh, Shake Milton, Shake who we Milton. got from the Sixers, I believe. But, yeah, I'm with you for Towns. If it doesn't work out, I think he was probably the first to go if we're willing to do that. And then, hey, just build around in the future Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, and Nas Reed. That'll be our big three going forward. I agree. We can't get rid of go Bear. Um and he's, you know, good enough defensive presence uh, where it's, you know, he doesn't need to be that guy to drop 20 points a game. But going forward, I mean, even if the season doesn't work, I know we're, <laughs> we're talking three games in, but the Timberwolves have a bright future no matter what because we have Anthony Edwards signed multiple years, Nas Reed, Jaden McDaniels signed multiple years. They're all young. They're all two-way players, and they're exciting to watch. Certainly are. Well, I'll have to tune in for some T-Wolves Hoops, maybe watch them on Wednesday night, home against the Nuggets. I think it's an 8, uh, looks like 7 o'clock tip um, against Denver on Wednesday. Wrapping up the show here, let's swing over to a little gopher football. Not a ton to talk about. I didn't catch all of the game, BG, but a 27-12 to victory over Michigan State. Things got a little hairy in the beginning. Michigan State got up early. I think there was a, what was it, a scoop and score, maybe a, uh, interception. Something happened early in that game. I caught like the fourth, I'm about midway through the fourth quarter and on. Um, but the Gophers able to just run out some PJ clock football. Jordan Newbin, I should say. Yeah, Jordan Newbin. Big time story of, of that game. I really the A topic. He had 15 carries in college, BG, coming into this game in his collegiate career. He had 40 carries um, on Sunday, <laughs> on Saturday, I should say, against Michigan State. 40 carries for 204 yards, two touchdowns. He averaged 5.1 per carry. He had a long and 19. And for the Gophers who rushed for a team total, wow, this is interesting, a team total of 200 yards. Um, Tyler Newbin had 204 of them because um, Kaliak Manis had minus five yards. Somebody else had minus three yards, it looked like. And Sean, Ty- Sean Tyler had a yard um, for the Gophers. I don't know if you caught any of the game, but picking up a victory in the Big Ten and, most importantly, another win in the Big Ten West standings. Um, still four to play Illinois at home this week, but uh, the Gophers, they got a chance, BG. They got a chance to win the West, and that's that's where I'm going to leave it. Yeah, I just watched it very limited, which sounds like is what you did too. I saw some plays, um, looked like a typical Gophers game where it's not super exciting, but we hold on to the ball. We uh, possess it a lot during the game and, you know, get that ground game going. Um, I think you can tell how we played just by comparing it to the Vegas line. And I think we were like six, six and a half point favorites, seven point favorites maybe, and we ended up winning by 15, I think. So yep. uh, based on that, it seems like we played well. Michigan State is not a good team, but a Big Ten team is a Big Ten uh, matchup. So um, we'll take that win and, you know, see what we can do against Ohio State coming up um, since that's going to be a big one. Yep, Ohio State three weeks from now, November the 18th. No game time set for that one. They're probably going to flex it to, to prime time. Uh, just kidding. 
Maybe if the Gophers run off the <laughs> next two, but uh, Gophers, Illinois, 230 from Huntington Bank Stadium. The Gophers minus two in that game. So based on the Vegas line, it's going to be a close one, but maybe a heavy dose of, of Jordan Newbin. I'm not sure if Darius Taylor is going to be back or the other freshman um, who was down as well. But Gophers just playing some straight-up P.J. Flick football, exactly what he wants to do. Um, that's all I got, BG. If you don't have any other thoughts, we'll wrap it there and go watch the end of this Lions-Raiders game, which has gotten surprisingly good. I think that's all. We'll see you folks next week, unless there's some big-time free agency signing news, um, unless the Vikings sign some big quarterback trade deadline today, 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock Minnesota time. Tuesday, 3 o'clock trade deadline. Uh, We'll see what happens. Thanks for all for listening. BG, thanks for calling in, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Day after day I'm more confused And I look for the light in the pouring rain You know it's a game I hate to lose And I'm feeling strain Oh, ain't it a shame Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Won't you take me away? Yeah. Beginning to think that I'm wasting time I don't understand the things I do The world outside looks so unkind I'm counting on you To carry me through Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away Won't you take me away, Guitars coming through to soothe me. Thanks for the joy that you've given me. I want you to know that I believe in your song. Oh, yeah. A rhythm and rhyme harmony. You help me along. Oh, making me strong Oh, give me the beat, boys And free my soul I want to get lost in your rock and roll And drift away Drift away Give me the beat, boys Free my soul I want to get lost in your rock and roll And drift away
Take me away.